So let me just begin by asking you about uh, this upcoming concert. This is a, a big uh, collaboration between uh, artists. Can you tell us a little bit about where the concert will take place and what uh, people can expect? Yeah, um, we're playing on Saturday, May 25th in Berkeley, California at La Pena Cultural Center, which is a really nice uh, concert hall. And um, I'm going to be collaborating with three other wonderful musicians, Yasir Chadli, Bushaib Abdelhadi, and Tim Abdelafusan. Wow. And um, yes, yeah, the first time that the four of us will be performing together. I've played quite a bit with Yasir Chadli and Bushaib Abdelhadi, um, but the four of us have never worked together. So I'm really excited about it, and we're going to be doing a lot of different kinds of music, almost all of it Moroccan. Nice. Um, and some some few different kinds, some Ganawa music, some different uh, Sufi songs, and uh, a Jewish Moroccan song, and a couple of my own compositions that are... Beautiful. Are you going to be performing uh, tracks from the uh, Songs of the Reed CD, uh, that, uh, d uh, the, the recent one? No, because the Song of the Reed CD is really kind of such, it's really kind of a meditative record done in the, in the, really in a Turkish, in the Turkish tradition. And um, so, yeah, this kind of, I mean, I'll probably do some uh, uh, Ane solo Taksim um, that might have a flavor of that. Yeah. But this, this will really be much more on the Moroccan side of things. And I really made that CD with trying to keep a consistent um, flavor to it the whole time and really focused on, on the sort of more meditative uh, style of Turkish ne playing. Okay. Can listeners expect anything from the Eastern Wind CD or from the uh, uh, Songs of Qadim CD? Yeah, from Eastern Wind. Uh, I think I'll, we'll be doing three songs from that. Um, two songs which are original compositions of mine that I really should say that Bushaib Abdelhadi helped me develop those songs quite a bit. Um, so a song that we called Maghrebi, which is uh, um, as you know, means West, or is a way of right. uh, a name for Morocco. Right. And I gave it that name because, to me, it evoked the feeling of Morocco. Um, it, and it really kind of has a, a mixture of West African flavors in, in with the North African style. And there's another song composition on there called uh, Desert Dub, um, which kind of the same combination of styles and to my ears. I don't know wow. about how other people would hear it. And then uh, I think we're going to do a song uh, from that CD, Didi Hasha Hachta, which is a which is a song by great um, Jewish poet Yehuda Halevi. Nice. And um, and that that melody comes from from Morocco. Wow. And so, um, uh, are are you going to be joined by the Qadim Ensemble this time? No, it'll be. This is, as I said, a, a, a new, a new collaboration, a new um, what I what I think might become a uh, a really 
uh, a band that, that will play around a lot uh, that is, is my hope because I think it's going to be a, just a, a really fun and soulful group of musicians. Absolutely. Everybody's looking forward to it here. Now, I heard you mention the Nye, and being, you know, Lebanese born and raised, I was raised to the sound of the Nye. I could, uh -huh. I could never play it, but I was wondering, is this something you grew up playing yourself, or is it something you uh, uh, mastered later in life? Uh, how did you come about uh, in your uh, Nye education, let's say? Um, so, I started off as a bass player, playing stand-up bass in more of a jazz idiom. Wow. And, um, and was going to music school in New York City called the New School of Jazz. And after two years, I dropped out of school and just kind of was traveling around um, at first in America and ended up hearing a recording of a great Turkish Nezen, Sadrdin Uzcemi. Ah. And um, and I usually say nay because that's the Turkish pronunciation of the instrument. You say nay, right? yeah. <laughs> and uh, and um, that recording blew my mind. Wow. Like I can't really describe it. To me, it was some of the most potent and most divine music I had ever heard. And I ran up to the. I was in. The, in a house of a bunch of African drummers and they happened to put on that CD and I ran up to one of them and grabbed them by their lapels and I said, this is perfect music! <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, so I made a copy of that CD and listened to it nonstop and soon found myself in Egypt and um, heard a, a great night player and... Um, I spoke maybe a dozen words Arabic, and he spoke none of English, and somehow we communicated that I really wanted to, to play this instrument, and he sold me one of his instruments and tried to show me how to play it. And wow. What's interesting is I started playing flutes about two years before that, right around when I dropped out of music school. I, someone handed me a flute of some kind, and right away I could make a sound. And every flute I picked up after that I could make a sound with like instantly and it was like I was kind of amazed I was like wow maybe I should play flutes and I so I started teaching myself flutes of different kinds and um but the night I could not make a sound huh. at all wow for months and months <laughs> it was very frustrating and uh but over time I finally got to uh study with some people who got to help me and I really I really got um more immersed in it when I went to Istanbul in, um, about 10 years ago and and spent a handful of months there just dedicated to studying studying music and right. studied with a couple of great Nezens and, um, and I since went back a few times and then I ended up going to Morocco to study Arabic Nai and Right, because we, we talk about the night, you know, when I try to explain it to my students at Stanford, you know, I say the reed, and yeah. people don't understand what a reed is, so I kind of say, yeah. it's kind of like a flute, but uh -huh. uh, but would you say that it was different the way you would approach, uh, you know, playing the flute as opposed to playing the nai? Well, I would say flute is a, is a word that encapsulates many, many different kinds of flutes. 
Mm-hmm. So I would say the nai is one kind of flute. Um, so there's so often when people think of the flute, they think of the European silver flute, the side blown flute. Right. So yes, the nai is very different. It's a completely different um, way of 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 playing the instrument, blowing into the instrument. It's a different. It's constructed differently. Um, and I do play side blown flutes. I play a, a bamboo flute from India called Bansuri, which is which is really played um, physically the same way as a silver flute. It's a side blown flute in the same way. Um, and uh, yeah. So yeah, the knives is quite different. And like I said, I play the Arabic and Turkish versions. And, and now I'm studying the, the Persian. Wow. Um, nay, which is which is a completely different way of of of, of playing. Wow. Both stylistically, but also the 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 physical way it's played in the sound. You stick it inside your mouth and between your teeth. And because um, <laughs> I was surprised when you when you said that you know the first time you held an eye, you couldn't actually make a sound. I would think with your background, it would have come easily. But this actually shows that this needs a lot of work and training. Uh, yeah. To get to master this difficult instrument, w- would you say it took you uh, uh, quite a while to feel comf- as comfortable with it as you do with other oh, instruments? Yeah. yeah, it took me took me oh, a while. Because, <laughs> mm. like I said, it took me a bunch of months before I could even really make a sound. And then after that, I would I could make a sound, but I'd run out of breath very quickly. Wow! I didn't have that problem with other kinds of flutes, and then. Even then, I would—I didn't have the training at first, to, and I didn't understand the, the system of makam or or the finger holes on, on the instrument. And um, you know, I I definitely consider my—I'm still a student of the of the music. And yeah. Of, of well, uh, listening to the CD song of the reed, I mean, it is so soothing and beautiful, and I think everybody out there should check it out because I—I I mean, it it also shows you've arrived. This is you're able to actually convey that sadness and uh, feeling one gets when they hear the 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 nigh being uh, played, uh, and and that album was actually quite different, I think, from the other two albums, the ones you did with the Qadim uh, Ensemble, and of course, uh, uh, you know, the Eastern Wind as well as the uh, songs of Qadim. Would you say that the album, the new one, um, is a departure from the old sound? Yeah, like I said, I really wanted to make a, a CD that was that had a specific um, intention and focus, and and um, and really feature the Turkish nay and um, and have it be in some ways a more simple album and 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 be something that people could put on to whether just for listening to or for relaxing or meditating or yoga um, and 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 have that have sort of a, a consistency through that whole album in that way wow. I mean, each song is you know its own song but um, right. I wanted to, to maintain a, a certain vibe through it all 
Absolutely, I love that that CD. If I may, if I may permit myself to tell oh, you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate. You know, I so. tell people whenever you're having a stressful day, put on Eliyahu Sills album "Songs of the Reed," and it will take your worries away. <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much. Uh, so, but uh, one of the things that surprised me in doing some research, Eliyahu, is the fact that you were actually trained as a jazz musician initially. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that that was like a huge jump into the kind of music you're making now, or do you think that jazz somewhat informed your uh, later learning of uh, more Eastern instruments? I think yes. That I would say both. It was it was both very related and different in many ways. I think it helped. I think it was very easy for me to um, to transition to um, these instruments in term, in, into this music in terms of the emphasis on improvisation yeah. for both jazz and Middle Eastern and Indian music and they, they all have such an emphasis on, on improvisation within the music so that really I felt at home with that and that really made sense to me and so you um, felt that that your your background in jazz actually helped you get there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because like, some people say, "Wow, jazz is so far removed from uh-huh. the kind of music you're producing." And I was, you know, not being a musician, I don't know, but I thought I would ask you if the the two could be sort of mutually empowering. Yeah, I think I, I think so. I mean, one one interesting thing is that I was. Um, kind of getting fed up with, in, a, in, in the jazz world, there's, I think, been an over-intellectualization mm. of the music, and the music's gotten more and more complex harmonically, mm-hmm. and so many chords and so many notes, and to me, it, it started, that led to, to, in some ways, being removed from the heart or the soul, and... Um, so I think in seeking out uh, a certain kind of simplicity harmonically within um, Eastern music, I, I, it, that, that met a certain need. And there's, in a way, there's more nuance melodically and rhythmically, mm-hmm. but harmonically more, you know, there's not chords moving all over the place. There's more the different modes, the, uh, I guess you could say like scales, the macomb system. And it's interesting is that John Coltrane, who is a big hero of mine, he, I think, also found a lot of inspiration in Middle Eastern and Indian music and started to play a more modal style after he first went into a very complex chordal system. And so, uh, you're also are you also as comfortable when you sort of tackle Gnawa music, you know, North African Moroccan Gnawa music, which is, uh, you know, has a specific beat of its own and a different feel. Yeah, I love I love Gnawa music and, and Moroccan music. Um, I love the way it kind of really brings together Arabic music and with the more West African um, influences. Yeah. And um, I've I've loved African music for years, and have played bass in, in some bands that that play music from a more uh, West African tradition. So it kind of, in some ways, brings together these different um, musical worlds that, that I love. Wow. And uh, 
So I, I know you're very busy rehearsing for the upcoming uh, concert, which is, uh, which as you said, is going to be on Saturday, May 25th, a night of Moroccan Gnawa Sufi and trance music, featuring yourself, Eliyahu uh, Sills, with Yasser Shadli, Tim Abdullah, Fusion, and Boucheib Abdelhadi. Uh, this is going to take place at the La Pena uh, Cultural Center. I hope I didn't butcher that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, would, would you have maybe a message to tell our listeners, uh, many of whom I know are attending the concert? Um, well, I would suggest getting tickets ahead of time. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it might sell out, and the tickets are a little cheaper if you get them ahead of time. Um, and be prepared to have a lot of fun. Oh, good. <laughs> it's going to be a, a wonderful night. And thanks to your manager, Eliyahu, we also are able to give two tickets to the concert to one lucky uh, winner, listener, Wonderful. who will call in. So this this uh, this little recording we're doing will air during the show and will follow it by a track of yours, followed by the uh, ticket giveaway. What track do you think I should play? Why don't you play Maghrebi from... Uh, from Eastern Wind. Absolutely, that sounds like a great choice. And before I let you go, Eliyahu, you have other upcoming uh, concerts or venues? Uh, um, I'm playing a concert in Occidental, um, just above Sebastopol, California, on June 29th. Okay. And that'll be, um, we'll be playing both North Indian music and some Moroccan and Middle Eastern music. Is that with Jason Ranjit Parmar? Correct, yes. Well, that, so that's something else to look forward there. to. So that's yeah. Saturday, June 29th in Occidental, California. And all that information on my can be found on my website, which is uh, eliyahumusic.com. Great. And so it's eliyahumusic.com? Uh-huh. And also, I believe, eliyahusills.com? Yeah, they both go to the same place. To the same place, great. So the, for our listeners who want to find out more, I've checked out the site. It's really beautiful, and people are able to actually hear samples of your song as well as purchase uh, albums through that site. Yeah, and they uh, can get tickets for the, the May 25th concert through a... There's a, a link they can click on from my site to buy the tickets. Absolutely. Well, Eliyahu, I know you're very busy, and I truly appreciate the time you've taken to give me this interview here on the Arabology Show. I hope one of these days when things maybe calm down a little bit for you, you'll come into the studio in person and have uh, everybody here at KZSU sort of salute you in person. But, I love that. <laughs> but in the meantime, we, we're saluting you through your music. Please keep the amazing uh, music coming. It really is changing people's moods moods and lives and perspectives and uh, on behalf of everybody here I want to say thank you for doing this interview and I want to wish you the best of luck on your upcoming concerts. Thank you so much Ramsey. it was wonderful to talk to you and I really appreciate your support. <laughs> thank you Eliyahu, uh, I'll tell you in, uh, in Arabic, uh, Assalamu alaikum wa shukran for an amazing muqabala. Uh, wa alaikum salam and wa